What's going on, good people? And welcome to Live by the Three of Raptors podcast with your boy Curly. Give me a follow on the Instagram page at Live by the Period Number Three and on Twitter at Live by the Zero Three for more Raptors content, podcast news, or if you just want to talk hoops, please feel free to hit me up on either platform. Uh, good morning to you all. Big shout out to all the fans that stayed up late to watch our Toronto Raptors travel to Sacramento to take on the Kings with a 10 p.m. tip-off. The first of seven games on arguably the most important road trip of the Raptors season. Seven straight games on the West Coast, and you know when it's the West Coast, it'll always be a later start. So, brace yourself, and if you choose to stay up late and watch the Raptors, you're probably going to be tired the very next day. However, if the Raptors are able to string together some wins, it'll be worth it. But it started with the Sacramento Kings, a top three team in the Western Conference, a team, in my humble opinion, was a laughingstock for a very long time and haven't seen much success since the 2000s, in the early 2000s, I should say. But the Kings have something special brewing. Mike Brown bringing championship coaching, the management group have put together a very good team and the Sacramento Kings seem to have figured it out. On the opposing end, a team that hasn't figured it out is the Toronto Raptors. Local radio hosts describe them as a perplexing team, and I couldn't agree more. We've seen this team at its best, and they've looked fantastic, and we've seen this team at its worst at the same time, where they looked awful. Consistency has not been a word to describe the Toronto Raptors, hence the struggles. And despite that, There has been some positives to take away. The play of Gary Trent Jr. all season long. Pascal Siakam looking like an all-star once again. Scotty Barnes recapturing his form, looking like the rookie of the year that we fell in love with. And Fred Van Vliet looking like Steady Freddy. And we can go on, but it's about taking those individual successes and putting it all together that the Raptors have struggled with. And it was important for the Raptors to set the tone against the Sacramento Kings. And they definitely did that right off the tip-off with Gary Trent Jr. getting a quick three and moving off ball, which he has done tremendously all season long, receiving the pass from Pascal, going right down the middle of the lane for a dunk, which led to Sacramento Kings' early timeout. And I don't think I've seen a team take a timeout this quickly. Mike Brown clearly saw something that his team wasn't doing but he definitely took notice to what the Raptors were doing. And it was clear that the Raptors had a plan and that was attack, attack, attack. And they definitely did that in the first quarter. And it was their shooting from the three that created that separation in the early going. The driving kick opportunities where the Kings were playing a very soft zone led to a lot of open shots. And the Raptors found a lot of success getting below the three-point line and creating those opportunities and also creating those dump-off passes in the paint that was leading to more times than not an uncontested two. But this is a Sacramento Kings team that likes to get out in transition and as quickly as the Raptors made a basket, the Kings were pushing the ball up the floor. And, And while the Raptors were locked in defensively this game, it wasn't always perfect in transition and especially from the three where the Kings were still able to generate open opportunities, but it was not often. The Raptors had a game plan this game, 
contain Fox and Sabonis make the others beat you. And while the likes of Kevin Herter and Keegan Murray were definitely left open from the perimeter, there weren't always easy shots. And the Raptors did a fantastic job. The Raptors did a fantastic job containing Sabonis, who's normally a great passer, but the length of the Raptors created a lot of difficult looks for Sabonis where he was not getting easy passes. And I believe he finished the game with around eight to 10 turnovers. But it wasn't just Sabonis that was experiencing the chaos, it was the entire Sacramento Kings. The Raptors defense was locked in. They created a lot of deflections. They forced the Kings into a lot of turnovers, which the Raptors found success into turning it into transition buckets. But this game was off to a chaotic and frantic start. And it was definitely a game of runs all game long especially in the first quarter. In the second quarter, the Raptors really started to establish themselves and there was a very interesting lineup that was put together by Nick Nurse. OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Chris Boucher, Precious Achua, and Wancho Hernan Goldman. This particular lineup, the Sacramento Kings had no answer for. It just seemed like the Kings did not know how to deal with the athleticism and the length of that particular lineup. And credit to those five guys, they kept the pressure on the Kings. The deflections were often, the transition opportunities were there for the taking. Scotty Barnes being the point guard of that lineup, finding Chris Boucher from the perimeter, finding Precious Achua on the cut, and even Precious on his own did not even need Scotty Barnes to create those opportunities. He was creating those opportunities for himself, taking the Kings off the dribble and creating a lot of opportunities at the rim where he found success. But what was great about that chaotic lineup was they were able to mimic the success that they did in the first quarter and the second quarter defensively and also allowed Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam extended rest as they were finding lots of success scoring the basketball but none more particular than Precious Shoe and Chris Boucher who were absolutely tremendous off the bench. Chris Boucher was hunting down his offense the team made it a priority into creating those looks for him, hitting threes, crashing the offensive glass, getting into the paint. Chris Boucher looked like himself. And the Kings literally had to pick their poison with Precious and Chris Boucher while in that lineup. And seamlessly, Pascal and Freddie and Gary Chan Jr. was inserted back into that lineup with success, giving the Raptors a 58-50 lead. After halftime, that's when the Raptors really started to pull away in this game. And it was led by Pascal Siakam. In the first half, the team found success. And Pascal didn't need to carry the Raptors as he has multiple times during the season. But in the third quarter, it was takeover time for Pascal. The Sacramento Kings had no answer for him. Pascal was getting to his spots, being surgical, carving into the weak zone of the Sacramento Kings, and getting buckets at will. Whether it was from the mid-range or at the rim, Pascal was on a mission and he was hunting down the weak parts of the Kings' defense. And they couldn't stop him. And when they decided to pressure him, Fred VanVleet was there for a big three. Gary Chen Jr. was there for a big bucket. It didn't matter. The Raptors had a response for the Kings adjustment and eventually this lead ballooned out to 20 points. And what was great about this third quarter, 
they were able to avoid a scoring drought. They went on a 22-6 run in the third quarter. I don't think we've seen that this season. And while the Raptors did avoid a scoring drought in the third, they could not avoid it in the fourth quarter. And what was once a 20-point lead was down to about 12. The Kings, like I said, this was a frantic game. The Kings liked to get out in transition, and they were definitely taking advantage of the transition opportunities, getting those transition threes, getting those, transi those transition buckets. And it was against that chaotic lineup that was missing OG Ananobi, who got poked in the eye, unfortunately, and for precautionary measures, was kept out of the game. The Kings were taking advantage of the offensive limitations of that lineup. They did not have much success scoring the basketball like they did in the second quarter. But what was great about this game, and like I said, it, it was a game of runs. The Raptors went on a run of their own. It just seemed that whenever the Kings decided to put something together, the Raptors had a response. And it started with their defense. They got key stops when they needed to. They were able to run the Kings off the three-point line getting into the paint, creating those deflections that led to transition opportunities for the Raptors. They weathered every storm that the Kings tried to create, and it led to a very successful and, dare I say, dominant win for the Raptors, 113-95 to over the Sacramento Kings, where the Raptors shot 48 for 97 from the field at just under 50%, 12 for 40 from three at 30%, and 5 for 7 from the free throw line at 71%, but they did not need a lot of free throw opportunities because they were absolutely killing the Kings in the paint. The Kings shot 35 for 73 from the field at just under 48%, 13 for 32 from 3 at just under 41%, and 12 for 13 from the free throw line at 92%. As we look at the other stats, the Raptors were absolutely dominant on the glass tonight, 41-34, to out-rebounding the Kings, 11 offensive rebounds, but a wash on the defensive boards. The ball movement tonight was on point. It created a lot of open looks, a lot of opportunities for the team, but so did the Sacramento Kings, so that was a watch, 29-28. to The steals favored the Raptors. Like I said, the defense was on point, 12-6 to in favor of the Raptors. The blocks... 8-2 in favor of the Raptors as well. 19 turnovers for the Kings to the Raptors 10. The Raptors were able to generate 17 points off of those turnovers to the Kings 11. Fast rate points were a wash at 12 and 11 in favor of the Kings. But the points in the paint. There was a balance of three-point shooting and points in the paint. The Kings don't really have rim protection. I mean, as great as Sabonis is, he's not really known as a shot blocker has the ability to block shots but not a shot blocker by any means 58 points in the paint to the kings 42 that's where the raptors bread is buttered but if they're able to hit threes like they have in recent games getting into the double digits it'll continue to keep pressure on the opposing defense and also make the raptors less predictable this was a great game for the raptors and i want to give a big shout out to nick nurse who has been deserving of some of the criticism this season. Unfortunately, the team hasn't always looked this good, but when you're getting production from your bench, it's definitely a lot easier to manage the game. And he was able to find success with this lineup, even though it was an eight-man rotation. Nobody broke over 40 minutes. It got close, but did not break over 40 minutes. And 
I think that if he can maintain that and if this bench can maintain some level of production, consistent production at that, that we'll have more games like this. And and I tip my hat off to him. He had a game plan and the Raptors were able to execute it to perfection and ultimately giving them the win. As we look at the starters, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, and Gary Trent Jr. Pascal Siakam, 35 minutes tonight, putting together 26 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Not an efficient game by any means, but an effective game. 11 for 24 from the field, 2 for 8 from 3, 2 for 2 from the free throw line. Some of his possessions were forced, but when he was able to settle down and lock in, he was able to find success and like I said it was the second half that was pretty much all Pascal and really set the tone for the Raptors to pull away this game not an efficient game by any means but a great game from Pascal especially when he was able to get to his spot something that has been missing could have been fatigue he was able to get adequate rest this game and was ultimately effective when the Raptors needed him OG Ananobi great to see him back in the lineup and the first half is where he found most of his success. Unfortunately, he was not able to close out the game, like I said, due to an eye poke. But if anybody is deserving of a little bit more rest, it's definitely OG. 31 minutes, 11 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and a block. 4 for 9 from the field, 3 for 6 from 3. It was great to see him being aggressive. It was great to see him knock down those shots. I think for me, the highlight of the game when it comes to OG, he, he pumped fake from the 3-point line and was able to get... To the free throw line to pull up for a mid-range and it looked fluid and I think that if that's something that OG can add to his game it could definitely offset the lack of downhill opportunities that he doesn't get in some games so hopefully it's something that he can rely on but with the way that the Raptors are set up and the way that a lot of the players like to live in that same area might be hard for him to get into the paint as well which is how he ends up being strictly a 3 and D most games but if the opportunities are there and if he's not able to get downhill that a mid-range shot would be a welcome addition to his game but not an awful game from OG. Scotty Barnes tonight 38 minutes 7 points 6 rebounds 10 assists 2 steals 3 for 8 from the field 0 for 2 from 3 1 for 2 from the free throw line. He was not looking for his offense tonight he was definitely looking to create those opportunities clearly with the 10 assists there was a possession in the fourth where Scotty had an opportunity to get to the rim, but he tried to force a pass through and it led to a turnover, unfortunately. And I tweeted out that Scotty Barnes needs to stop passing the ball and start looking for his shots as the Raptors were dealing with that scoring drought in the fourth. And then in the very next possession, he, he comes down the floor and finds Chris Boucher off a no-look pass for a wide-open dunk. Touche, Scotty. I was expecting a fourth quarter takeover from Scotty Barnes. It didn't come, didn't need to happen the way that the team was clicking. And like I said, with the Pascal effect and full attack mode, he didn't really need him. And obviously the clutch shooting from Freddie and Gary Trent Jr. down the stretch. You can live with Scotty Barnes getting single digits tonight. It just cannot happen often. But if he's able to be surgical with his passing and create those open opportunities for his teammates, you can live with a game like this from Scotty. Fred Van Vliet, 38 minutes tonight, 17 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks, 7 for 16 from the field, 2 for 9 from 3, 
one for one from the free throw line. Freddie had this little mid-range shot going. It was a step back mid-range in the left corner where he was able to find success anytime he got into that area. But it was a great all-rounded game from Fred VanVleet. Was locked in defensively and the Raptors needed a big shot. He was there in steady Freddie fashion. Didn't really force a lot of shots. He was kind of working within the offense for most of the night and put together a great game. Locked in defensively, four steals, two blocks. Not much more can be said about Seti Freddy, who has been putting together a good stretch of games. Gary Trent Jr., 36 minutes tonight, 16 points, five rebounds, three assists, one steal, seven for 15 from the field, two for six from three, and no attempts at the free throw line. Another player working within the offense, not really forcing his game, taking what the defense is giving him. I think what was great about this game was his off-the-ball movement and his ability to get into the paint. That one or two extra dribbles that he's taking this season has made all the difference for him. His ability to finish at the rim when his shot's not going has been a great development and is becoming a more reliable and consistent scorer. He's been on a heater as of late, hasn't always been as efficient, but it's been effective. Not to mention being competitive on the defensive side of the ball. As we look at the bench, as I mentioned, the stellar play of Chris Boucher, 22 minutes, 16 points, 6 rebounds, 1 steal, 3 blocks, 7 for 11 from the field, 2 for 4 from 3, no attempts from the line. Didn't need to, he was able to find success getting into the paint, he was able to find success crashing the offensive glass. I think what was great about Chris Boucher's game tonight was he was aggressive not only on defense but on offense. The energy was consistent. and. The team made it a priority to get him those opportunities and when he couldn't get those opportunities he went hunting it down himself like i said crashing the glass and creating those opportunity it's something that hasn't been consistent it's something that has been missing since the early part of the season when he comes in there and he's aggressive and he's not shying away and he's hunting down those opportunities this is the end result great game from boucher juancho hernan gomez 12 minutes tonight one point, one rebound, one assist, 0 for 2 from the field, both from 3, and 1 for 2 from the free throw line. It's been a consistent story with Wancho all season long. Something that I've been harping for him to do is take more 3-point shots. That's what he's brought in for. Not for his defense, even though his defense has been stellar this season. It's been a trade-off. What you brought him in for is not what you're getting. And he needs to take advantage of those opportunities. But he's found success defensively. He's able to maintain and hold his own on defense, allowing the guys to get the appropriate rest. It would just be nice to get a little bit more production offensively. But defensively, I have no complaints about Wancho. Precious Achua, 28 minutes tonight, 19 points, 5 rebounds. 9 for 12 from the field, 1 for 3 from 3, and no attempts from the line. It is actually terrifying how well Precious Achua is off the dribble. We saw flashes of it last season, most notably against Joel Embiid in the playoffs against the Sixers last season. But since coming back from the ankle injury, you're seeing progression every single game, and I think this is the best he's looked. As aggressive as he is, played under control, he finished well around the rim, and I said it in a previous pod that it's 0-100 to 100 with Precious, but once he gets into the paint, he needs to slow down just a little bit to get those right angles and get those finishes that he can get at any given moment, and he accomplished that tonight. There was nobody 
that could stay in front of Precious on the Sacramento Kings. And his physicality and his athleticism was on full display. And like Chris Boucher, took advantage of his talents and hunting down those opportunities. Just a dominating game from Precious. The Raptors win streak is at two. They have an opportunity to make it three in a row against the Golden State Warriors on Friday night, January 27th with a 10 p.m. tip-off. A Warriors team that has not looked like they're dominant themselves, has not looked like the team that won a championship last season, and it could be the inconsistent lineups. It could be them battling health issues, but it's definitely them trying to work everybody back into the lineup and find consistent minutes. But this was also a Golden State Warriors team that without their best players were able to beat the Raptors on the home floor, who was relatively healthy. Health not a factor for both teams, hopefully going into Friday night. And as we look at the keys to victory for the Raptors taking on the Golden State Warriors, to me it's very simple. Transition defense, stay in front of their shooters. The Kings are the team that like to get out in transition that like to take transition buckets, that like to take the quick shots early in the shot clock, and more times than not, they have found success. The Raptors are definitely gonna have to be on their toes. They had a great test against the Sacramento Kings, a team that doesn't have as much shooters, but definitely has a similar playing style, definitely the Mike Brown, Golden State influence there. But the Raptors found success against the Kings. They were able to use their length and their athleticism to run their shooters off the line. They're definitely going to have to do that against the Golden State Warriors. And dealing with the Splash Brothers, Jordan Poole, and the other great shooters on this team, the Raptors are definitely going to have to hold their own. And while they may not be able to generate all those three-point opportunities, if they can maintain the threes that they've been hitting as of late, getting into the double digits more times than not, taking advantage of those open threes should increase their chances of winning this basketball game but we shall see it's not going to get any easier every game on this west coast trip will certainly present its own challenge but it's also important for the raptors to maintain a certain level of energy and effort and if they do that and if they're able to maintain it they can shrink together some wins and that brings us to the end of this episode thank you to all listeners new and old for tuning in i appreciate every single one of you if you haven't done so already please subscribe rate and review the podcast it'll mean so much if you take the time to do so thank you to all those who have done it i've seen the uptick on the ratings i've seen the reviews i appreciate every single one of you as well and until the next episode everyone please continue to stay healthy and stay safe good people peace